Welcome to Over the Thread. My name is Taylor, and today we have another one of our favorite guests um, back again on the podcast 2019. The one, the only. Oh. Eddie Barco. Yeah. What's up, Taylor? <laughs> uh, one of the what's favorite up? guests. What to what do I owe this honor? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I mean, I would say that I, I don't know. I like. I usually like all of our guests that we have on. I mean, for rightfully so. I mean. I'm usually vetting them and, you know, I'm, I only ask the people that I really like to be on the show, but, um, I think some people, it's just easier to talk to and just like, you have more like deep conversation and I don't know. I just, I feel like there's only like, not everybody is like that. So I definitely would say you're, you're definitely a top, a top favorite. Wow. And, uh, I would say the listens also, I would, I think your your episode was definitely up there in like some of the top the top listened to episodes, which I think you know that's substantial. That uh, <laughs> that says something. <laughs> well, I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate you giving me the the very honorable mention. But you know, I think the feeling is mutual. I think uh, once you've been podcasting, or um, you know, w- once you you do cool things for a little while, like my show has been doing, you get requests to do tons and tons of shows, and I've been on many different ones, but. I have to say there's been maybe like three or four that stood out out of all of them that I had a lot of fun being on. And yours was definitely one of those. So the feeling is mutual. I like being on here. So it's I'm very happy to be back. Sweet. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's pretty cool that you've been asked to be on a lot of podcasts. I mean, that's that's quite an accomplishment and that's fun. (laughs) Yeah. You Um, know, it it, it is. It's interesting when you're a podcaster yourself. Like, I imagine you would understand that, that. Uh, yeah. When you talk for a living and then you get asked to come on other uh, other shows, it's almost like a reflection on you because you start to see how other people interview other people. And then you start to ask yourself questions or reflect like, huh, is this the way that I do it? Like, I- I- is their way better than mine or is their way, you know, different or like questions like that come into mind. And I think it's very interesting and highly encourage other podcasters i mean i think podcasters do this regardless of my advice but you know the idea being it's it's um putting it into context for other things like music or art or any other kind of thing uh it's interesting when you do something that you love with somebody else who does the exact same thing differently and you get to sort of reflect on your own things i think it's very very useful you know what i mean yeah totally no, that's that's for sure. I I can imagine like being on another podcast too. You're like, oh, like you kind of like take take notes from people too. You're like, oh, th- these people are doing this this way, and um, no, that's that's super interesting. Have you been um, on any other podcasts by any chance? You or Mary? Uh, you know, uh, you're like, no, we don't want to. <laughs> no, we 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 deny all that. Um, no, uh, we've we've been on our friend Bailey's podcast, um, which is fun, and he he kind of he started a little bit before us, I think, and he he found Anchor a long time ago, but um, we started getting into Anchor, and then he kind of got back into it, and yeah. so we've had him on a couple times. Um, you you've probably heard a couple episodes with him, but um, we've been on his show. Um, haven't really been on any other shows. I did re- probably, when was it, November, recorded a podcast with a guy that I reached out to, um, and he was saying he wanted to start a podcast, and so he kind of did his own, like, he recorded it as well. Nice. Um, so, and I 
Yeah, and I, I shared with him um, my recording so that he's able to, I don't know if he's going to end up using that as an episode or if it's going to be just more of a, was more of like a test, um, because really it was like an interview of him. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we kind of, we talked a little bit, but yeah, I, I think that's something that's maybe a goal of 2019 is um, reach out. I kind of want to like reach out to other podcasters and, you know, have them on the show and then maybe be, you know, of course, I'm not going to be like, hey, can I be on your show? Like, I'm not going to do that. But, um, you know, like uh, reach out to more people and kind of do some collaborations. I think that is in the near future. Oh, yeah. And I definitely need to get back into um, uh, interacting with the people on Anchor and like definitely the Facebook group. I kind of like fell off. Um, but well, I, I mean, want to come happen. back on. You know, your life got busy. Yeah, life got life got kind of busy. As it um, tends to happen yeah. for almost everybody, you know, and I think that's actually an important lesson yes. right there for you. Um, I mean, for everybody, not even just for me, uh, for me as well, because it's one of those things where uh, your, your focus sometimes is better placed somewhere else, you know, and then you come back to it yeah. whenever you're refreshed, because sometimes when you force yourself, you don't do the best work, you know, but you sitting right. here reflecting, being like, hey, maybe I should do that more. That that means that you want to now as opposed to being forced yeah. to do it. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And that's that's something that I think Mary and I going into starting this podcast we're like we never want to do that to ourselves where we feel like we have to. Um and we want to we want to also, you know, produce quality things too. So we were like we're not just going to record on a whim like any uh, any old time for like no real reason. Yeah. Like we wanted to definitely have a reason um you know, it doesn't mean that it can't be like a flexible podcast kind of like this where we're just kind of chatting. But right. um, we kind of were like, well, we don't want to this doesn't it's not our job. You know, this isn't a job for us. It's a it's a hobby. It's something that's fun. And we always said to ourselves, you know, like if it's if it's not working out this week, like let's not stress about it, um, you know, and we can always come back and pick it back up so and that's kind of you know some of the reason why mary hasn't been on um it, you know besides her other things that she's had to do is like i was like look you know like don't don't worry like if you can't you know make the commitment right now and, and do that it, the thing about podcasts is like they're so flexible like people aren't in demand of every single week like you know maybe video you know content producing people um are kind of almost like forced into um podcasting is like not everyone i I would say majority are not real consistent um nope and and that's actually uh, something i think we were talking about over facebook one time is that yeah um i've been in the podcasting game for almost three years i mean officially two years but almost three years unofficially when i had the first version of my podcast um in those three years man i have seen so many shows come and go and you see so many celebrities too jump on the bandwagon. Oh, yeah. um, and I would say maybe out of all those big shows, I'm just talking about the big ones for now. Uh, so you yeah. can imagine how mm-hmm. many smaller shows come out of, out of nowhere. Um, out of those big shows that just <laughs> sort of show up, maybe like a tenth stay. And then the, the rest just kind yeah. of disappear into obscurity. And that's because podcasting, um, it's an art form. It's an art form in itself. Mm-hmm. And to do it right takes a lot of dedication and a lot of people 
uh, think that, you know, oh, they're just recording audio. Let me jump on that real quick. Let me see if I can do it. <laughs> and it's fine. Like, I'm always open for people exper- experimenting and figuring out new ways. But then people quickly realize that podcasting takes some effort. It's almost like doing YouTube and doing other social media stuff. Uh, when you see, like, mm-hmm. a very popular viral video, people always categorize it this way. Oh, all they're doing is telling jokes or all they're doing is hitting, like, jumping off this thing. Oh, I can do that, which is the right idea. I love that. But they don't realize that everything takes some sort of effort. And so the the key there tends to be combining a successful medium with passion and a balance of it to create something good. Otherwise, you burn out and then you don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. It happens across the board. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Or, I mean, sometimes people will just... I mean, I've seen this in a lot of a lot of areas, but people will kind of jump on this, you know, bandwagon, whatever it is, if it's podcasting or, you know, YouTube videos or whatever, and they'll kind of just give people what they want to see. Um, and there's nothing really being added to the space. Like yeah. they're not innovating. They're just kind of and, you know, and you've seen those people, you know, you're like, OK, like this is appealing, um, you know, like it looks great and all. But like, am I really getting anything out of it? Like. These people just seem like they're, you know, noticing trends. And they're like, oh, well, let me just hop on that. And, you know, I'm going to be, I don't know, like really well known because I've got all this content. And it might be, you know, fundamentally good. It might be well done, but it doesn't really have any like heart or passion behind it or any sort of like purpose. And you can kind of see right through that, I'd say. I agree. I mean, I think. And here's and this is something that you can actually spend a long time talking about specifically when it comes to social media and social media is a huge yeah. world that I'm involved in a lot. And so I see this all the time and it's not bad at all. You know, at, at when you see something right. at its, uh, you know, at, at its base value, it's very easy just to sort of just see it very simply for what it is. So, like, for example, you, you were giving the example of podcasting and how people just give people what they want well in reality most successful podcasts are exactly that i mean i think if i'm not mistaken correct me if i'm wrong um but i believe that the most successful genres in podcasting are self-help and business i I think i think it might be more specifically like business marketing if i'm not mistaken so when you think of those two topics right those are genres that are very like specific. Like it's all about giving you the answers that you're looking for. And so when people see big shows like that, they immediately are like, oh, shoot. Well, that's what that's what's successful. So let me emulate that. You look at people like you, you ever heard of John Lee Dumas, um, the Entrepreneur on Fire, that that podcast that's like pretty big yeah. or at least it used to be pretty big. So that podcast right there. That. OK, so that's a prime example. That was a very successful podcast from like 2012 to like 2016, 17. And I, and I say that because I think that the show is on a bit of a decline. It's still successful, but it's just not as popular as it used to be. Yeah. But here's what happened. Yeah. Tons and tons of people emulated what John Lee Dumas was doing. He sort of created a pl- He created his own, um, what's the word? Uh, not template, but let's just say because his show was so successful that he, he created something unique. And then a dwarf of, um, I mean, not a dwarf, um, just tons and tons of people came in and they essentially just copied his show just with different genres. And when we were talking about me being on other shows, that's exactly what it was like. Half of the other shows I was on, it was exactly just a copy of what John Lee Dumas 
was doing, which again is fine. It's because huh. you need a point of reference to start doing something new. But at some point, yeah. the outliers, the legends, the people that we look up to are people that were able to sort of graduate and evolve from just simply copying and emulating, you know, because we all emulate. I emulate. I emulated podcasting when yeah. I started, but I found my own voice in my own way by taking risks, things that didn't make sense at the time. But then over time it did. And so I think for I think it kind of like expand on what you were saying is I think it's perfectly natural for everyone to try and copy. I think that's the only way really to jump into something that you don't know anything about. But what yeah. truly sets apart the legends, like I was saying, is at some point they start to choose to make small decisions that are risks. And over time, we look back at what at the, at the choices that they made and we're like, oh, wow, they were innovators because they did something different but that doing something different takes a while it's very rare when someone just makes a 180 and does something revolutionary overnight it usually is a combination of thousands of small little different decisions that equal that equal to one large difference i'm not sure if i'm making any sense yeah. but that's that's honestly how yeah. i view like podcasting and social media and other things that are popular nowadays is that i highly encourage everyone to jump in and copy and emulate but to go in and understanding that at some point you have to start making small little choices to separate yourself and be different. And that's how you yourself become successful and a legend, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, I rambled. I rambled art. again, didn't I? Oh, no, no, that was no, no, it was good. I, I really liked that. Um, just what came to mind was, I mean, so I graduated from, you know, with an art degree. So. Um, for me, it, it, it's kind of similar, as we said, like podcasting is like an art form. Um, you know, you've got to start somewhere. You have to have like a foundation yeah. for your podcast. So you have to have people, you know, you look up to and you're like, oh, I really like the way, you know, so-and-so does interviews or structures their podcast or, or whatnot. And it's kind of similar to art where, you know, you're like, well, I need to know how to draw. So I'm yeah. going to start with that. I'm going to find people that I like that I'm like, ooh, I really like this style. Let me try that. Um, and let me do exactly kind of what this person did. And then it's kind of like from there you can figure out, okay, I like this, but I want to kind of do something slightly different. Like the, you know, the style or, or this thing that this person is, you know, drawing or painting or whatever it is or photographing, um, you know, that's not exactly – what I want to do. So how yeah. can I take like the found, like the fundamentals, the foundations and then apply it to something that I'm more passionate about? Because, you know, when you have that, I mean, not everyone is going to have exactly, you know, the same, I guess, ideas or passions that you have. And, you know, everyone's got something that's a little bit different. So yeah. you got to keep that like one bit of uniqueness um, in order to, you know, take off. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's funny because whenever, I don't know, you would just like talk about this in art school, but it was always like, well, art is copying. And um, I mean, it is. You just got to find. In a find, sense, it is. Yeah. It just, it's a bunch of just, you know, things you just, you just keep copying. Um, but what you have to do is you have to, you know, take that and then kind of add, you, you just have to add one thing. You know, yeah. and kind of start building on that. So that's kind of how, at least, like, they taught us in school. It was like, well, we're giving you the fundamentals. But, like, it's your job to add that one thing. 
it's your job to figure out, you know, what can I do that's going to make this different, um, you know, or come up with a completely, totally new thing. But I mean, a lot of this stuff is recycled, you know, yeah. it's recycled and it's, uh, you know, your job to, to repurpose it in whatever way you want. So it's about just, I don't know. it's about inserting things that you like, you know, I think, um, I mean, I've had many smart people give me advice throughout the years. And so I'm, I'm definitely not, uh, what's the word? I'm not going to take credit for any of the things that I, I sort of <laughs> preach. You know what I mean? Like I obviously learned them, yeah. but th this is just yeah. a combination from things that people would try and teach me. And one of the things that I uh, learned, uh, very quickly when I started this show and other things too, is that people will always constantly try and tell you how you know how you should do something right and the biggest challenge yeah, totally. of, of doing something creatively is understanding and knowing what criticism to keep and what to disregard you know that's yes. always going to be a challenge no matter what but the biggest lesson that I ever learned was learned by accident really because I think we even talked about this last time how when I started the show I didn't really know what I was doing and then when I started the second version you know it started growing and it started becoming successful and out of nowhere I just friends and family and, and people in the industry were all like hey, uh, like congratulating me and also giving me advice <coughs> excuse me also giving me advice being like hey dude great job on your podcast I see it growing by the way maybe uh, maybe not talk so fast or uh, maybe do this or maybe maybe give it this kind of tone I had some people encourage me not to be so energetic all the time because I'm, I'm always like in the mic super excited like this like that's how I, I speak and so there was a good month or two where I was bombarded with so much advice and it got to the point where I got so fed up where I just said you know what fuck it I'm just gonna forget about everything that everybody's telling me and just do what I want because for that for those two yeah. months I was suffering a little bit because every time I would do an interview I would start to remember all this advice in my head, like, oh, shoot, maybe I shouldn't talk so fast. Maybe I shouldn't do whatever. After those two months, I said, fuck it. And I gave the best interview I ever gave in my life. And that taught me something very valuable is that you yourself know when you need to improve and what you need to do. And it will resonate when you uh, it will resonate with you when you hear the right thing, when you hear the thing that makes your light bulb go off, like go off. It'll make sense to you. But otherwise, there's yeah. so much information coming and going into your brain that I personally, for me, highly suggest everybody just to trust their gut and just ignore a lot of that advice unless it makes sense. So, yeah. for example, right, I speak very fast and I speak very energetic. It's just natural to me and I love it. Uh, but then when I started feeling self-conscious about that, I started questioning myself. That's not okay. That's never okay in any of the legends. Questioning yourself. Confidence is key to success. So the idea there was to, you know, get to the point where I was able to ignore all that, not negative advice, but you know what I mean, like to just trust yeah. what was natural to me. And on paper, when you talk about podcasts and you talk about voiceovers and that stuff, speaking fast and speaking the way that I do is bad, honestly. Like, and I'll be, I'll be honest to, like, I'll admit that. The way I do things on paper doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> I proved it to myself that I myself, because I was happy and I love the way I am, that resonated with my audience, that resonated with listeners because they believed what I was saying. They sat in and enjoyed my wackiness. And 
like look at people like Joe Rogan too. Like everyone loves to talk about yeah. Joe Rogan, but like on paper, <laughs> the way he does things shouldn't make any sense. He cusses. No. He kind of goes in and out of topics all the time, but yet he has the biggest guests ever on his show now. And that's because he did it his way. Yeah. So the key isn't to just sit there and just tell yourself, okay, I need to do it uniquely. I need to do it differently. How do I do that? Dude, you do that by just trusting your gut. If you're energetic yeah. like me, do it energetic. If you're laid back, do it laid back. If you're a professional voice over person, do it like a professional voice over person. The idea is to always do, not even just podcasting, whatever your thing is, do it the way that you yeah. would. Because that's how legends do it. No one, Michael Jackson, did, I'm sorry, no, not Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan didn't sit there explaining his basketball game, being like, oh, I shot that basket like so-and-so did. Or I shot, or I, when I was dribbling, I thought, what would this other person did? No, dude, Michael Jordan did it the way he did. That's why he was a legend in the basketball world. That's why yeah. he's still a legend. And that's what I try and emulate with myself. That's the standard I hold myself up to. And that's yeah. hopefully why, what I encourage everyone else to hold themselves to when they're doing their thing, you know? Yeah. That's super, that's really good. It's funny. Um, it, yeah. I would say recently actually um i had some kind of hard i would consider it hard advice um from somebody and it was actually it was interesting it was somebody whoa cat chill um it was it was hard because it I was like showing him like all the things i was doing with the podcast and all these cool things you know these things i'm creating because um, all the the podcast art and stuff, that's all me. Um, as of right now, I'm doing all that. Um, and so, and of course, you know, I don't have all the time in the world to find out and figure out like all these super intense, you know, really creative and um, complex uh, podcast covers because I'm doing them every single week. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's something that you're like, oh, like I'm really proud of like kind of what I've been able to accomplish, this, this, that. And um, I was talking to him about just different things about it. And he gave me some interesting advice that was like kind of like borderline um, insulting, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like I was like, I appreciate him giving me honest feedback, but it kind of came off as like he was better than me and I was doing it wrong. Um, and, I, and he was like, you know, you're doing you're going about like you know, doing, um, the grid, like, how could you even think about doing the Instagram grid thing? And like, <laughs> you know, this isn't working and like, you know, this is not how you get engagement and like, why aren't you posting on Instagram story? And like, cause I was basically, I was giving him like a, the deal on like just different things that I've been doing and, you know, explaining like, yeah, I mean, I have this podcast, but Dude. I mean, it's not my full focus. Do you know how many people try and, and give me advice on social media and they don't realize that I'm like legit an influencer and an expert? Like, like, <laughs> like I was on this, I, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but like I was, uh, I, oh, no. I was on this, sh I was on this show, um, and I was talking to this other podcaster who's a very well-known guy in the industry. I'm not going to say who he is. Very respectable. I love talking to him. He was a very cool guy. But then after, after the, um, after the show, he was telling me and giving me all this advice on like social media and be like, Hey, you gotta like, you gotta set up a story in your Instagram and, and like this branding thing. And I'm all like, dude. I have an account with half a million followers that like nobody knows about, you know, like it's like I've built all these accounts for people and I know about all the algorithm changes that Instagram does before you do. 
Like, but it's one of those things that like I don't ever tell anybody. But it, 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 but it's one of those things where I didn't, I didn't like shove it in his face. You know what I mean? Like I just sat right. there and I was like, okay, well he's trying to give me his advice, but I know what I'm doing. So I'm gonna see if anything resonates with me, and I'm just gonna move on. And nothing resonated because I knew everything he was already saying. Outdated stuff, stuff that doesn't even matter anymore. But regardless, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take it. And cool. I said thank you, and I moved on. Uh, but it, it just reminded me of your story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, it's 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 interesting because like I came away from from that conversation and it was it was interesting because it was like this guy is um, this guy that I you know kind of looked up to and I just felt like super defeated. Like I just felt like I was doing everything wrong and you know, it was kind of like, well, you know, I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, well, maybe he's right. Like, maybe I'm doing everything incorrectly. Like, maybe I'm just overthinking stuff. And maybe I need to be, you know, I had kind of like this, this checklist of like, okay, well, I need to do this, this and that, because this is what he kind of, he kind of like gave me advice on. And I should, you know, take that because, you know, he's well respected in the industry. And he's, you know, he's got X amount of followers and, you know, this and that. And then I kind of like I was talking to I think I was talking to Mary about it because I was like, oh, gosh, like I'm still kind of bothered by it. And I'm like, I shouldn't be because like no, I went shouldn't. to art school and yeah, I, I went to art school and I was like, you know, I I'm used to getting constructive criticism like and it's something it was it's a learned thing for sure because um, I didn't used to be. And um, I was like, I don't know, but like, I just keep going back to this conversation and it kind of felt almost personal and I know it wasn't supposed to be. Um, and, you know, maybe it's because I'm close to these accounts and these are things that I built from, you know, ground up, whatever it is. Um, and I was like, you know, I don't have to. And she was like, she was asking me kind of like what he was giving me advice on and stuff. And, and she was like, you know, that doesn't even really apply to you. Because, exactly. you know, this guy is yes. this big artist illustrator, dude. He's doing other stuff. Like, you're doing a podcast is totally different. Like, I understand, like, there's some fundamental things that, yeah, maybe you should think about doing, whatnot. But it was like, why are you comparing yourself to this guy exactly. who you don't even really know? You just know him because you like his, you know, art or whatever. Um, yeah. And it was kind of one of those things I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I kind of had the little, like, the little light bulb went off. I was like, oh, I don't have to feel like crap because we're in different situations. And, you know, like, I I don't have to take all of his advice as, you know, that this is fact and this is, you know, what I should be doing. It's like, these are suggestions that, like, he feels like he's doing me a favor by giving, you know, basically his suggestions based on what he's learned and yeah. what works for him. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for me. No. And I need to be doing it. No, absolutely. So. I think you, you definitely hit it on the mark when it comes to that. Because, I mean, especially that this is one of the negative sides of social media that I personally don't like, especially being involved in it every day. Um, you constantly <laughs> see so many people comparing themselves uh, and it's something that unfortunately comes with so much with so much exposure with social media. I mean, people have been comparing themselves forever. That's not something that social media brought. <laughs> but it, I I personally feel like it's been uh, expanded a lot, you know, since it's since yeah. it was created. Um, and so I relate to that, and I completely understand why we would compare ourselves naturally and very quickly. To other people i mean if yep. you're constantly i mean just for example right let's say you open up instagram right now and you go to your search feed or just like the uh the things that are suggested to you 
what are you going to see? For most of us, it's probably going to be probably a picture of a couple influencers, either models or uh, people that like that that have a, high, a lot of high fashion standards. You're definitely going to see a couple pictures of cars in there. I know that for sure. Maybe some like actual <laughs> vacation yep. destinations, definitely some product placements. But for the most part, you tend to see all these things, all these cool things that Instagram is suggesting for you to see. Maybe even some funny stuff, too. You'll see some memes and stuff in there, too, depending on what you like. Um, <laughs> but the idea being is that yeah. you're, you're being fed all these things, all these quote unquote cool things that all these people have and are doing. And if you're looking at that even an hour a day, it would totally make sense why you would sit there and be like, wow, well, is what is is what I'm doing now going to get me that Lamborghini or is what I'm doing now going to get me that free trip to the Bahamas? Uh, wh what should I do to like get this or, or look like that or get that that thing? Like it's it's perfectly natural to feel that way, specifically nowadays. Um, but that's where that discipline sort of comes in. That's sort of that trial and error uh, confidence that is built over time that happens when you start to believe in yourself. And this is something that takes a while to understand. And I'm not sure if we even want to dive into this, but for you, I think it's, it was a very good thing for you to sort of take his advice and, and hear him out. But the fact that you were able to come sure. out of that with the help of Mary and, and other friends, I, I'm assuming, um, understanding <laughs> that you're you ultimately at the end of the day, you're always going to be you. And Taylor is going to do it Taylor's way. And no one is dictating how the future is going to happen. I don't care what kind of expert you are in any field. There is nobody that can 100% predict the future with absolute certainty. It's very rare. It doesn't matter if you're right. investing into the stock market, cryptocurrency, if you're even in the weather business. Nothing is 100% certain how it's going to work out. And so it's one of those things where it does take a lot of discipline and experimentation to get to the point where you trust yourself. And that's where it's like a balance. You know how we started out with talking about how it's really smart to start out by copying people and by sort of taking in. That's sort of what I think of as like the learning phase. When you jump into something and you don't know anything, it's so rare to be that one person who is just a natural at it. I don't think that's, that's not many people. So you're obviously going to start out by yeah. copying and emulating. And that's, a, that's probably the smart thing to do. But at some point, once you start to get not bored, but you start to hit walls, that's when I highly recommend people to start asking themselves without even thinking, without even like having a plan, just resonate with yourself. Be like, all right, how would I, how would I, let, let's take knitting for example, right? Let's say that you were trying to be <laughs> the world's next best knitter. No, I mean, it's serious. There's people out there who are considered the world's yeah. best knitters, right? And you started today and within six months you had, you have basically emulated all the people that you saw on YouTube and Instagram. You learn how to knit, you learn how to do some of their things and you're sitting there. All right, how do I set myself apart? Rather than like asking yourself specifically how to set yourself apart, just think back and ask yourself, what do you want to do? Because what ends up yeah. happening then is all the things you like, all the things that are naturally unique to you start to seep out. So for example, me, I love Star Wars and I love SpongeBob. So if I was learning how to knit, and I would just sit there and be like, what do I want to do? One of my first thoughts would probably probably be like, hmm, I wonder if I could do like a Star Wars themed thing. There it is, right there. That's that small little idea that's different enough to start you on that train. I didn't make a plan. I didn't sit there and make a business plan and come up with some revolutionary way of being different. 
I think some people can, but I think most of us can't do that right away. Right. So the idea is to I mean, tap into those little moments where you come out, where you, the things you like start to seep out into what you're learning, if that makes sense. So then that first decision, yeah. I do Star Wars stuff. I do like a Jedi thing. Then the next one, I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could do Squidward kind of thing. And I do Squidward. <laughs> then after that, what if I combine the two? You know, like, and, and I start being like, oh, you know what? I like podcasting. What if I like knit while I podcasted? Like you start like to be crazy with these ideas. But if you, if you sort of, if you start to picture that, you start to see how those like four or five different decisions that I mentioned ultimately start to combine into one major difference that you start going down. And that's what I highly encourage a lot of the people that I work with and ask me for advice. And they, they always ask me, how do I separate myself? The next question I always ask is, what do you like? You know, what do you like? Not how are you different? Not what revolutionary thing you can do. It's like, what, what do you like? Oh, well, I like anime. Well, there you go. Let's start there. Or I like, uh, I like to travel. All right. What's your favorite destination? Oh, well, I don't like snowy places. Okay. Well, you like, you like sunny places. Why don't we figure out what if we take like a podcast to one of these sunny places that you go? Oh, well, I can't afford it. Well, why don't we go to a sunny place that's near your house? I know it's not the destination you want to be at, but it's a start. You know, it's like, and I feel yeah. like that last ex- that last example wasn't the greatest, but the idea is to sort of start to ask yourself what you like. That's a great yeah. place to start when you're trying to be different. Is rather than think of yourself, it's like, oh, I'm trying to be different. Just go into yourself, dive in deep, and just let what you like come out, and combine it with what you're learning. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, totally. I keep That's rambling, right. Taylor. That's I'm sorry. I like I hijack no. these conversations. I'm so sorry. I'm really I apologize. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's good. That, I mean, I I like that. I like um, you know, you being able to kind of explain different concepts too because I mean, <laughs> you know, on my solo cast, I'm like, that's why I always love recording with somebody else. Cause I always feel like I'm talking too much. And so it's kind of nice having other people on and them being able to kind of share their ideas. Cause it's not like you're on all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't apologize. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I think we're getting, you know, me definitely getting a lot out of our conversation. So, um, yeah. I hope so. I mean, I know that you're trying a lot of new things lately, right? Like you're diving <laughs> into the like social media branding consulting world that I think we were talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah. How's that going for you? Yeah. It's interesting. What's um, interesting about it? I mean, I'm curious. Well, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because it's one of those things. So I'm coming from a background of like I like social media and I've been on for a little while, but I've never really taking a deep dive into strategic um, social media marketing. I've never really had like kind of not high pressure, but sort of like a more pressure situation where this is a company that we're talking about and, you know, they need to meet their goals. And so I've never really been in that situation where it's kind of up to me to be able to propel like this brand that started from the bottom zero. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a startup company that I'm working for. Um, you know, how to it's kinda like, yeah, I'm kind of taking on this job of social media marketing manager and also content creator. So I've I've always been on the side of the content creation. So kind of taking that more strategic business 
Instagram algorithm detector, you know, it just, it's almost feels like a, I don't know, like a science or like, you know, and you're, you're trying one thing and you're like, well, that doesn't work. And then, you know, you try something different and you yep. read this other blog and you just feel like, I feel like I'm jumping from blog to blog to blog, which are all really good. And I'm thinking I'm learning a lot. It just kind of like, okay, so I have this knowledge. How can I apply it to us? Um, especially since we actually don't have a product out yet. Um, so that is kind of the, the, the hard part is you're like, okay, so I don't, I don't have a product, which I don't need a product to be able to get the hype going. I just need to be able to create the feeling and kind of get a better way of, you know, expressing the brand story. And, and really it's, you know, working with another another person you know a company and getting them to be like hey guys like what is it that you want to do what is it that you want to accomplish because i need to know in order to properly market this and have a better understanding of you know what do we want to get out of this what do we want people to you know want in our product or i don't know there's a lot it's a lot of different things it's not yeah. just you know can i create something that's pretty it's like no no i need to create something that's pretty and makes sense with our brand and then you know encourages people to right now we're just getting trying to get people to sign up for our mailing list so hmm. um yeah how are you doing it's, that i'm curious how are you getting people to sign up to your <laughs> mailing list well um we're we i've only been working with them like doing social media stuff by the for way, a couple weeks By the now. way, I'm sorry if I'm like nitpicking or like asking questions. If I'm not allowed to know, by no. all means, you tell me. Oh, no. No, no, no. This is good. Um, No, this is good. We definitely want to – and I'll, I'll, I'll plug them a little bit, you know, or not because it's the startup company. It's your show. I mean, there's some stuff I – yeah, exactly. Well, there's some stuff I can't share, but I, I'll make sure to not, you know, share that. Really, it's mainly just some, like, you know, more detailed stuff that I can't share. But so it's a sunglass company um, and kind of their their cool thing, the thing that makes them different than any other, you know, boring sunglass company out there is um, they have the ability to interchange lenses, um, which oh, cool. has been done by Oakley. Um, but the thing is, is it's super, um, if you've ever tried them, um, they're very uh, flimsy and the lenses come out like they shouldn't, like the technology is not very good. Um, and they don't currently have anything for like prescription lenses. And so our product, you can substitute your prescription lenses. You can put in blue light lenses. You can put in any lens that you want into our frames and it'll work and it's very easy to do um and so it's called diversion x um that is the company and so it's a very cool product really exciting the um the co-founder one of the original founders of spy um partnered with my my old tennis coach who's the ceo and um they so he he had some t he has more of the lens technology, and then my my um, coach has the the patent of like how the lenses interchange, which I can't talk about. But yeah, it's fine. Of course, we don't need to know yet. But what you what you do need to know is is that's happening. That's coming out. So yeah. So my challenge is we don't have product yet, but we'll have it in probably hmm, like three weeks or so. 
Um, so we won't, we won't be getting to like shooting it until like February. Um, but yeah, so my challenge is right now is to get people excited about that sort of, you know, what, what our product is. And I think a lot of it's been hard because they're like, they weren't sure on how much I could share. So for the longest time, I couldn't say anything about why our product was different, which was like, I felt like my hands were tied a little bit. Um, cause I was like, I can't tell people like, this is, how's this going to work? How am I going to dress, you know, get people to want to subscribe. So, yeah. um, right now, um, I've been strategizing with them on, okay, like what's the brand story? Like, how did you guys come up with this product? You know, what do you want me to share to the people? Um, why should they care? So we're kind of like hitting more of like the, the, the meat of, of the company and, and, um, just, I need to get a better understanding. Um, cause I've. I've been consulting for them for a couple of months now, but um, they went through some rough patches and just realignment. So like, we're kind of trying to touch base again. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, most things happen. Do that. Yeah, totally. So um, yeah. So I guess my challenge is, is really I'm taking on all their social media. So, I mean, Instagram mainly, but Facebook, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, uh, LinkedIn, you know, all kinds of little things. I, I started, they have another company that's like running their website, which is kind of a bit of a drag because then I can't monitor like how many emails we get in and, and whatnot. But, um, I want, I started a blog for them as well. So that's going to be something that's, um, in the near future, we're going to be putting out more information, um, that people can actually read and be like, oh, this is cool, you know, giving them something to look at and to kind of understand more of who we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so right now, yeah, the trick is is how to, uh, you know, get, you know, this this product, this it's it's kind of obscure, um, just the ways in which we can kind of explain because it's it's technically it's never been done before. Um interchangeable lenses have been done before, but they've never been able to interchange prescription lenses. Um, so it's actually the first of its kind. So it's cool in that way because we're the first, but then it also means that we don't really have a lot of people to, you know, look at in terms of inspiration besides, you know, your typical, um, sunglass companies like Oakley or Prisol or, you know, some of those, those basic ones, which are great. Um, and I've been looking at, I've been kind of seeing what they're doing and, you know, getting some ideas, but it definitely, it definitely is tricky. Um, but I think it, it gives you a lot of room for innovation and I'm, I'm trying to come at it where I want to be able to get, a good following and you know want to obviously appeal to the masses but i also want it to be like i don't want us to be like every other company so i guess for me i'm just like okay what are some things that we can do that are a little bit different but i still want to get a good chunk of people you know obviously to follow and subscribe and you know be on our mailing list and so yeah i guess it's it's this is totally new for me. So yeah. <laughs> um I am I am running <laughs> towards the goal and don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm I'm figuring it out. <laughs> I mean that's how everything starts. I mean you that's what we've been talking about. You yeah. you never know exactly what to do. And with social media, man, I mean it's one of those things where <sighs> people really underestimate how difficult it can be to manage and how useful it is at the same time. Um yeah. specifically because I think most people take it at face value. If you really understood 
like how many people were in the background. I don't want to say manipulating, but definitely taking advantage <laughs> of how the algorithms work and just how how the mm-hmm. system works. You, you'll see you, you'll find a very small, tight knit community that are all in on it and no one shares any secrets. Um, and rightfully so, because it's it's like one of those things where like it takes a long time to figure out what works and what doesn't. But I would highly recommend and I'm not even sure if you're asking for my advice. I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be that guy who's highly oh. telling you what to do. No, but, I appreciate advice. Well, I mean, for, like <laughs> I worked with a couple companies before, and one of the things that helps right away, um, in my opinion, is really identifying who's going to be buying your product or who is your customer. I mean, obviously, that makes sense, right? That's that's one on one marketing one on one. But uh, the idea is to ask yourself whether what do people like that want to see. So it's always yeah. important when you're having a new product. To obviously make your stuff look high quality and make it look pretty. So always make sure you have a picture of what your brand is about and that sort of thing. But then really ask yourself, like if you're a swimsuit company, right? If you're a, a bathing suit company, who are your who are your clients? Most likely, uh, let, let's, let's say girl swimsuits, right? So most likely women are going to be your clients, right? What do they look at? What, what do they mostly like to look at on Instagram or on Facebook? And one of the things that I find that helps a lot of people and this is going to be a little interesting but it's worked before is i have my clients or i have the people i'm working with to come with me and i will hopefully find somebody that's in like their market right so like in this example i'll find a girl who buys swimsuits right who's a friend of mine uh and we'll just sit there grab coffee and i'll have my client sort of observe her interact with her phone right and we'll be having a normal conversation and have her scroll through the feed and the the goal is to try and pinpoint what makes her stop on the feed hmm. and what makes you stop. So obviously not think of it from your way because that you are probably right. not your client. Somebody else is. So what is this? What right. is this person stopping? Because something made them stop when they're looking at their feed. Something did. And it usually tends to be hmm. a caption, a picture or a video. Right. And something uh, the thumbnail in that yeah. video tends to be captivating. And so what in this scenario, what would this girl be looking for? Would it be a very of what would it be a very cute model or would it be uh, jewelry or would it be a very funny video? Like, you know, all those funny videos are all over Facebook right now. That tends to be the case quite a bit. Yeah. So then you start to sort of dissect it backwards. Like, what is it that makes these people stop? And then you re- reverse engineer it into your brand and you start to see if can you do something similar? Can you achieve these videos or these posts with what you have? And you don't and like in your case, you don't, huh. you're not trying to show your product, right? You're not, you don't have it ready. Right. So can you potentially repurpose other content that's on the internet and use it on your yeah. accounts to attract attention? Because that's what people are there to see. So are there maybe funny posts about glasses out there that people like? Are there like uh, some influences that you can reach out? Like obviously I'm saying very generic things, but the idea here is to, if you're starting out a brand, Something that always helps is to kind of have a hybrid to kind of display your product. But understand that unless you have millions of dollars to market your stuff, no one's going to care. That's the reality. Like the reality is that most people won't care about your product if you don't have enough money to get it out in in front of everybody. So then what's the next best thing? Do a hybrid. Have some content on your accounts, on your social media that relate to your audience, that relate to your market. And that will bring them in. And it goes a lot quicker than you think. 
specifically because then people mm. are starting to come to your account and realize and, and start to get curious like oh what are they about are they a glasses company oh that's interesting i'll give you a great example there's this company i'm not even sure if they're around anymore but i forgot the name of their company but it was started by these college kids and they sold shorts if i'm not mistaken they sold like really fashionable shorts for guys and what did they do to market oh. themselves they never ever once marketed their shorts not once not until they were big not until they were like a 50 million dollar company what they did huh. was on snapchat they every day recorded funny skits of themselves in the office doing really funny frat boy things no, they never they never even once mentioned their shorts they were wearing their product but they would just do funny things, funny things that you would just watch there. I can't tell you how many weeks I spent on Facebook when this was happening, watching compilations <laughs> of these guys just like falling down the <laughs> stairs, throwing things when they're in the office, um, like doing little skits in their office. And then once you once they had my attention, I was like, all right, where are these guys from? And I looked at their account and it took me to this shop. And I'm like, oh, this is a they're, they're promoting a shop. And I looked at the picture. I looked at the picture of the CEO. It was the guy from the video. I'm like, oh, OK, so he's the owner. <laughs> and I, I'm like, oh, those are the shorts that they're wearing. Oh, this is brilliant. Because now now their company, if I'm not mistaken, is worth a lot of money. Uh, I forgot their name. I'm assuming it's Chubby's. It might it be Chubby's. I don't want to say it because I'm not sure. But that's how they started yeah. with their marketing, dude. I kid you not. Like, obviously, I'm, sh huh. I'm sure that they had like little ads here and there like most companies do. Yeah. But the reason why they grew so quickly is because they did funny things like that. And that related to their market because they were marketing to, you know, college kids, frat boys, that sort of thing. They did stuff that they yeah. knew frat boys would want to watch. And the product in that sense was sort of secondary. It was almost like hidden in there. You know what I mean? Like it was like a subconscious yeah. thing. And so whenever I have new clients and stuff, I show them that stuff and I ask them to be willing to re-engineer their idea of what social media marketing could be because that's hmm. free things that you can do when you're on a budget. You know, it, obviously I'm not telling yeah. anybody to create a mini series and go and create something funny. It's different for every brand, but if it is Chubby's, then they obviously did a great job, and it's something that sort of is a staple in history. Another another great well, action, maybe this is not a great example because they paid a lot of money for it, but you know, think of like the Dollar <laughs> Shave Club, right? The reason why they got so huge yeah. so quickly is because they had that funny ad. But uh, that's a different ball game. That's some that's something completely different. But the idea being yeah. is that when you're starting these social media accounts for brands, for companies, or even for yourself, it always helps to sort of reverse engineer it and see what the people that you're trying to reach, what is it that they like to see? You know, what is it that they like yeah. to see? And this is talking more on a marketing perspe uh, pers ah, perspective. <laughs> you know, I know we were talking <laughs> before about being original and, and doing your thing. Like that's, that's, that goes along with it. But the idea being here is that if you're trying to do like a social media thing, like a marketing thing, technical algorithm driven thing, then it's very important to sort of start from there, from your audience yeah. and what they want to see. You know what I mean? That's really good. For sure. No, I think that that's definitely, I think that's that's a hard, probably a hard thing for me because usually when I'm like posting stuff, it's usually, most of the time it's my personal stuff, right? So you're like, oh, well, you know, I really like this, so I'm going to post this because this interests me. But yeah, I mean, you definitely have to think about, especially when you've got this big company, it's like, you need to make sure that this is appealing to your audience because what appeals to you may not appeal to your audience. So, yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point. And I think it's it's something that I've thought about, but I, it hasn't been something that's been – I haven't thought about it in that way, I guess, is um, 
you know, even just having somebody to, you know, talk to and be like, hey, you know, what are some things that, you know, and even just watching them scroll through Instagram, like that's an amazing idea. Yeah. Um, you it's know, more useful it takes than you realize. Finding... Like if once you start, like yeah. you can even try to tailor. Like if you just hang out with your friends for a day, like say you guys go to a bar or something, just sit there for five minutes looking over someone's shoulder without being too creepy. Okay, because it's more of like an, a learning experience for you. <laughs> like you'll learn a lot. Yeah. Trust me, you'll learn a lot if you just spend a day or a, like a, like maybe an hour of collective experiences with your friends, just watching what they stop at. That's the important part. Is it's not about just watching them go through their phone. It's pinpointing the moments where they stop for more than like ten seconds. What made them stop and yeah. read that caption? What made them stop and watch that video? And then you start to piece. You're like a little detective. You start to pieces. You start to piece it together. You're like, all right, what does my friend John like? He likes boating, and I noticed that he stopped at a speedboat video. Well, that obviously makes sense, right? And but it's like it's things like that. You know, obviously I'm generalizing it. I'm making it simple, but you'll realize that the yeah. more you do it. It changes your your mentality. It changes the way you approach yeah. social media. And you start to make those connections easier. And as you go along, within like a month or two, you'll start to notice the trends a lot quicker than most people would. It's just a natural yeah. thing that comes huh. by observing, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's that's really good. That's that's super fascinating. Yeah. But huh. hopefully, hopefully to, that insight helps that. you a little bit. I know it's very general. I think this is stuff that you can find on any blog. Uh, but, you know, it's it's trial and error. Social media is one of those things yeah. that it's never guaranteed. Excuse me. It's never guaranteed. You, I've seen plenty of people spend thousands and thousands of dollars on social media campaigns and not get a single buy. You know, it's one of those things where yeah. it's not you can't really buy it. OK, well, that's a lot. You totally can buy it with a lot, a lot of money. But. That's a resource that most of us don't have. And so the idea right. is if you start by trying to figure out what your audience wants, that's a great place to start. You're, you're, you're setting yourself up for success is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Definitely. It, seem, it seems super simple, but then you're like, oh, wow, I didn't think of it in that context. It can, it can be simple, man. Like it's it's one of those. Yeah. There's definitely people out there that have hit the jackpot. I'll be honest. There's people out there that have been lucky <laughs> to have just posted a couple things and just become famous overnight. Like that happens for sure. But it's a lot more rare than yeah. people realize. There's definitely a science behind it. And the science isn't guaranteed. It's never guaranteed. And that's the one thing that that sucks. Honestly, Taylor, about being a social media consultant on the side is that people want results. People like when they and they're, yeah. I understand they're paying you lots and lots of money to do it. Yeah. But it's it's almost like doing PR in the music industry. You know, yeah. you can go to any PR agency and they'll tell you the exact same thing. They'll give you their their fees and they'll be like, this is how much a, it'll cost to do PR for a month. And there's no guarantee. They make that very clear yeah. that they cannot guarantee you anything like though. Obviously, based on the company you go with, there's a reputation and all that shit but the idea being is that even with pr like that there's never a hundred percent guarantee you're going to get all your results and social media is that right. way you can increase your chances by doing certain things and checking certain things off the list but at the end of the day there is that little essence of luck in there and that's what sucks but it's huh. also cool at the same time it makes the playing field sort of fair if that makes sense yeah that's so true oh huh, that's yeah that's a good point it's it's definitely I've I've noticed, um, you know, transitioning to being more of a consultant. I'm like, 
Ooh, there's a lot of this is like high stakes. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, you know, and we even talked in my last meeting with them um, was like, okay, well, we want to have all these goals. Like, how are you going to have us hit them in 2019? I was like, whoa, slow down. (laughs) You know, like I already feel behind. Um, But uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it is kind of a nice it's a nice thing because, you know, Otherwise, if it's just a formula and, you know, there's not a little bit of luck in there, then, you know, anyone, you know, it, it, I don't know. It, it just it definitely like like you said, it levels the playing field for sure. Yeah. Um, And it kind of leaves room for like, you know, exciting, like unexpected things. We are like, oh, awesome. Like this is really resonating. You know, yeah. some of those things you can't really predict. Um, yeah. Especially when you're new and you, you really don't quite know your audience. You're just trying to figure them out. So. No, I think that's, I think you're right on that. Um, just, uh, it's a little mix. It's a mix of both. <laughs> it is definitely a mix of both. And it's like I said, like there's, if you, if you really do research on social media, you'll come across people that have figured it out, that they have figured out a way to ensure that, that their stuff goes viral every time, but it's very rare. And it's something that it's, it's a snowball effect is the way I like to describe it. You sort of build on top of it maybe the better description is a mountain <laughs> but the idea being is that yeah. when you start off it's very hard to get to go viral or to get things that really stick but if you do the right things enough times it starts to build up and believe it or not algorithms for the most part like instagram's algorithm remembers like that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that um hmm. if you have a bad post you know let's say you have a really big account and you post something and it doesn't do really well well the the algorithm remembers that oddly enough it remembers that you didn't do well and it'll affect your your Uh-oh. post so what you'll see <clears throat> do th- do this for like a week i guarantee you you'll start to see some similarities <clears throat> go to any like the big influencers that you like or that you follow or whatever um and the those that know about this will do this they'll post something and they'll keep track of it for about an hour and if it doesn't do well enough they'll archive they'll arch- that they'll archive it and that's because they understand that the algorithm will harm them because the, ar- the algorithm is a computer. So it, it thinks like, oh, your your post isn't that great. You you clearly are not posting good things. So it, it'll kind of like not help you out as much as before. So that's something that it's like it's it's oh. things like that. You have to remember that the algorithm runs everything on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. And once you start to understand how it works, you can do things. You can sort of make your post and post them a certain way to ensure that you have the best possible chance of it increasing. Like you, like YouTubers do it all the time and YouTube is an entirely different machine, but like there's, there's certain things like when it comes to keyword research and and trend and, and, and ranking with keywords and stuff like that. Like it's a whole entire, like it's a huge machine is what I'm saying. And if you just spend a day researching it, you yourself can figure out, things that you can do to increase your chances but like i was saying there's still that off chance that it might not work you know what i mean like you can obviously have a much better chance than anybody else who's just posting random things but there's still that small little percentage of like the algorithm just just might not work for you that day you know and that's that's the one thing to always keep in mind is that even if you check off all the things off of this hypothetical social media list um it might just not be your day you know, like it's just it just yeah. might not be your lucky day. So it's it, it's definitely a trial and error thing. And but the I think the important part to remember is think about what your audience wants. But at the same time, once you understand that, once you start to figure out what your audience wants, then start to kind of go back with what we talked about at the beginning, start to 
do new things in increments and to, to separate yourself, you know, because otherwise you'll just become a copy yeah. and then that doesn't work over time. Uh, I'm like, right. I'm like, I'm going in so many different angles here. It's, it's, I don't <laughs> think it's good because I'm not being organized, but the idea being is it, it's honestly for you, at least Taylor, for, for the stuff that you're doing, definitely start there. Start by asking yourself, what does your audience want to see? And then make content that caters to that. And then with every other post, you know, do something slightly different, you know, experiment. And then that's how you start to create a very unique brand. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Huh. Interesting, right? Yeah. And I was like, I, it, um, you know, starting this, this whole thing, I'm like, I really need to do some research on just the algorithm in general, because I think that was something that was frustrating, especially when I was first just like started the account. And I would say this in general of, you know, start when you're first starting like an account, because you're like, uh, you know, like, I feel like I'm not like none of my stuff is getting seen. Like, I hate the algorithm. And I'm like, well, maybe if I just understood it, maybe mm-hmm. I'd be able to work the algorithm, yeah, you know, because it can, can work your friend, in your man. favor. The algorithm could be your best friend, but it's it's yeah. it's tricky. It's very tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, now I'm all inspired. I'm like, I need to need to go and do some research yep. and just, you know, see. And then it, it just comes down to experimenting, like you said. Yeah. I mean, I think that is interesting. I, I haven't done a whole lot of research on it. So, I mean, maybe people are saying this also. But um, I, I didn't really know about how you could just archive it, archive a post. If it's not doing well, you know, it, you know, not to worry about, but, you know, just kind of being aware of like, ooh, like, you know, I need to make sure that this isn't going to stay for too long because mm-hmm. that is interesting that the algorithm learns because interestingly enough, uh, was it last week? Last week I had a post and I don't know what happened. I think I think it just wasn't the best post in general, but it didn't get very good. Um, like, I, I think the account kind of slowly was on a decline in general like it just didn't get any interaction really and i was like what is going on like are people not seeing it what's going on and then i was like well you know there's always tomorrow and so then i post something the next day and it's almost if not worse it was pretty much the same and i was like what's going on and then like this past week it's been totally nightmarish and i was like what's happening you know of course like you know it's when it matters i was like why are you failing you were doing so well last week and um this makes so much sense because you, know, you have one off post and then i kept it there and then now instagram's like ooh they're not they're not exciting let's not you know show people that they even posted anything today so yeah, no, that makes so much sense now. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like I'm less crazy. No, it's 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 you're totally thinking about it the right way. And look, uh, that that's yeah. not to say that you should archive everything either. Like here, 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 here right. I go going in circles. That this is why I'm highly encouraging everyone that is interested in doing social media. It's much easier if you just research it yourself, honestly, because this will make a lot totally. more sense if you yourself learning it at your pace. But once you start to understand how all these algorithms run social media platforms, you'll start to see why these things make sense um and that's not to say that you should archive everything you know because that's also bad right you know what i'm saying like it gets it's a balance you know if you just post one thing and then you archive it that's then that that's fine but if you start to archive everything that's also bad so the idea being is that you're archiving it so that you can experiment with what actually works so consistency is also really good because the algorithm also learns from that there it starts to think that oh uh taylor's very active that's a good thing. She's constantly releasing content. 
Um, so it's like you you have to just find that balance that works for your account because not one thing works for every account. It's all different. It's all unique in the way it, it sort of evolves. But it, that's something yeah. like to keep in mind too. You know, like if you archive something, hmm. archive it with the intention of posting something better, you know, and rel- relatively yeah. soon um, to you so you can experiment. Um, that's definitely yeah. a little little uh, bit of advice I think would help a lot of people listening yeah. that um, if you're having trouble with that and you're going to try the archiving thing, uh, be careful with it. You know, don't just start archiving everything yeah. every day. That's not also, that's not going to help you. It's more of like if something does really, really bad, go ahead and archive it. And then that same day, if possible, post something that you think would do better. Like learn from your previous post. Why didn't it do well? Maybe it was boring. Maybe it just wasn't colorful enough. And then post something opposite, something that is fun, something that is colorful and see how that does. You know, like I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's it's complicated, but highly recommend everybody <laughs> that's listening. If you want to you know, improve your social media game, do what Taylor's doing, do what I do or whatever. Uh, just research, man. Just just spend a day. You'll be your mind will be blown by everything you'll learn about all these things that are happening in the background. And then you'll be able to get ahead. That's just the truth. Yeah, that's that's really good advice. Yeah, for sure. But Taylor, do you have? Oh, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. What, what were we going to ask? Oh, I was going to say, um, do you have a specific like, is there anything that you have read or seen, or I don't know if you've taken any, like, or even done, like, little, I don't know, classes or whatnot. Nope. Is there anything that you'd recommend for somebody who's just starting out, maybe like me or, or whoever, um, that wants to kind of not, like, overwhelm their brain with stuff about that, but, like, is kind of a first step, like, a good first step in terms of, like, research um do you have recommendations in terms of research for like uh for all the social media platforms i would highly recommend yeah to do to do a couple things okay so the first thing is stick to one platform first and foremost i think i said that last time but it's you your mind is gonna just go crazy if you try and figure out what works for every single platform so first and foremost research the one that you're on the most so i think for most people it's going to be instagram for some people, it's going to be Facebook, which I absolutely love. I know a lot of people in the U.S. sort of cross Facebook off, but I highly encourage people <laughs> to revisit it because Facebook good. is doing a huge, humongous push right now. It's bigger than it's ever been before. And I know a lot of people in our generation has moved on, but that also leaves space for a lot of smart people to take over, which is what's happening right now. Yeah, A lot of younger, small, smart people are starting to take advantage of what Facebook has to offer, which is... I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm taking advantage. So, you know, don't don't cross off Facebook just yet. They're just getting started. But anyways, um, highly, highly um, stick to one platform. B, uh, aside from just watching what your friends and what people are, are looking at, um, look at the people that you admire the most. So let's say you want to be a famous Instagram model, right? Well, make a list of like 10 or 20 Instagram models that you like go to their page and for a week or two literally stock their page like set up notifications and stock their page take note of when they post take note of how often they post take note of what they post take note of what hashtags they use take note of what captions they do that's already like five six different things and then you start to see the similarities between all of them you start to you mentally you're sort of preparing yourself to see what 
successful people are doing. And that this is not something new. This is something that you would do with anything. You would look, this goes yeah. back to what we talked about. You're sort of emulating. You're trying to understand what it is that they're doing that works. And obviously, if you're trying to be an Instagram model, well, you know, looking your best is probably one of the things that you're going to notice right now. All these Instagram models do their best. But what else? What beyond that? What do they post on their stories? Are they posting themselves going to the gym? Are they uh, asking people to comment their favorite emoji? How often are they doing that? You know, it's, it's things like that. Once you start to dissect their posts, yeah. you start to understand what they're doing. And now keep in mind that a lot of these things that you're going to find aren't going to apply to you right away. You posting right. a picture of you saying, comment your favorite emoji, most of your friends are going to think you're, you're crazy. They'll be like, why? You know what I mean? Like that works for someone that has a million followers, but not for you. Right. You know, so the idea being is like start with those basics, understand what they do and how their content is formatted. And then you're going to sort of reverse engineer it and figure out a way for you to do the same. So, for example, if your Instagram model role model is saying comment your favorite emoji, but you know that maybe you shouldn't do that. Well, what similarity things can you do? Break it down. Well, what do they do? They ask the question, right? They ask the question. That's the bare. That's the bare essential of their caption. So, what question can yeah. you ask to interact with your audience? So, let's say you take a picture of your new outfit that you bought at whatever store. Okay, so you could take a picture of it and ask a question that you know your friends will want to answer. Like, is this too flashy? Or like, blue or red? You know, like things like that. Things that would relate to your friends that you know that. If you were to go to a bar or hang out with your friends, what question would you ask them about your outfit, right? That would generate a response. Well, then you put that on your post. And then that's kind of sort of how you build, right? And so that's obviously a very basic example. There's so many different variables when it comes to this. But the idea is to reverse engineer what your role models are doing and do something similar. Like get to the bare minimum of what their posts are about. If that makes sense. Hopefully that's yeah. hopefully that's making sense, right? So I'll give you another example. So yeah. for me, I'm a drummer, right? And so for a long time, I built a big fan base for drumming stuff. But when I started, there wasn't really a lot of points of reference, right? We kind of all, I was part of the OG crowd on Instagram of people that were like influencers. Um, so we all sort of figured it out together. But as time went on, I had to like figure out what to do. So I would post videos of me playing, right? My instrument. And I would, some posts, I would ask questions like, hey, how fast do you think I'm playing? And I'd get all these bunch of responses, you know, like, or uh, should I play this song or this song next? You know, things like that. Questions are very powerful in captions, you know, uh, and, and it's, yeah. it's like, it's, yeah. I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm giving, giving a good example on that. Sometimes I, I blank out. <laughs> but the idea, the idea <laughs> being is, is just do your best to reverse engineer all these people that you like and then apply their concepts to yours and over time build it up to that, okay? So that's that. That's definitely yeah. the second thing that you can do is just sort of, you know, figure out what other people are doing. And the third thing that I would highly recommend for you guys to do uh, is look up forums, okay? Social media forums. I would highly recommend yeah. for you to ignore blogs because most blogs are, um, they're very generic, okay? Like it's, it's yeah. like I could write a blog right now and just say, Social media, just you know, post great content. Uh, you know, like <laughs> yeah, post I've read some yeah, exactly, of those. right. Like, That's what you see. On. No, <laughs> type in on Google. Just type in social media forums. You'll get like at least a good top ten, and I'm pretty sure I'm on like seven of those. Um, 
the reason why I suggest that is because you'll get a lot of posts that are very generic, generic, but if you stick around long enough, you'll start to find and see the people that are experts in there. Obviously, everyone has like usernames, but that's how I did it years ago is you start to remember the usernames of people that have knowledge and then you can befriend them. You can start asking questions. Then you start become part of the more private like forums and stuff like that. Like that, that's a thing. Um, and the idea is that if you really want this knowledge, you're going to have to fight for it. That's the honest truth because it's very hard huh. to understand a, okay. It's very hard to understand these algorithms, but B the people that have figured it out, they're not going to want to share their secrets with you. They're just not, that's just not a thing. Yeah. There's a, there's a big of, there's a bit of, <sighs> In the social media world, there's this bit of like, what's the word? Not, com I don't want to say competitiveness, but because it takes so long to figure it out, when you're in it, yeah, you don't want to reveal your secrets because they're they're kind of unique to totally. you. You know, they're very similar to everybody else's, but they're also unique to you. So the idea is that you can, if you can dig long enough, you'll find people that are willing to help you. But it's gonna take you some effort. So don't think you're gonna research this tomorrow and figure it out tomorrow. If you really want to <laughs> learn how to get your brand ahead and how to get your social media game at the top of its game, you're going to have to fight for it. But, and, and that's yeah. why there's only a few people like winning at it because they fought for it. Hmm. Yours truly had to fight for it. And so that's one of the things where I'm always willing to point people in the right direction, but I also want to make sure that they fight for it too, because yeah, it's just, totally. it's also about understanding too. You're not going to get everything I'm going to tell you. It's going to, it's going to go over your head and then I'm going to have to sit there and walk you through everything. That's just that nobody has time for that. It's much easier if you understand no. <laughs> the basics, you understand the bare bones totally. and come back with specific questions. That's different. You know what I mean? You'll find that in the yeah. social media world, if you come if you come with very specific questions, people are very willing to help you because then they know that you know. They know that you're aware right. of how it works. Yeah. And so if you yeah, ask them very totally. specific questions, they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, here you go. This is the answer. But if you're just like, hey, how do I get 100,000 followers? Like, what kind of a question is that? You know what I mean? Like, that's this. Yeah. It's so generic. So hopefully that doesn't yeah. sound too condescending. I really hope that it it, it helps people no. out there. But the idea being is that that's good. it's not. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a little bit of digging. No, but yeah. I guarantee you, you'll, you'll, find, you'll find the answers you're looking for if you're willing to put the work in. Yeah. I think that's really good. That's got three steps there. Yep. So they're generic, but I hope hopefully they're they're specific enough for you guys to get started. Oh, definitely. I think so. Awesome. So Taylor, I actually Ooh. have to get going soon, but I think we had a pretty good yeah. conversation though. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. Yes, I'd say so. We had a, a good solid hour of of chatting. It's good. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, Awesome. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me on. I always love yeah. talking to you. Um, let me know when this goes live because yeah, me, we'll do. I, I, I would love to hear it because I think it'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I know I rambled a lot, but I think it's it was a necessary ramble. <laughs> no, it was it was all good. I think I think I definitely got stuff out of it. I think our listeners will definitely get a lot. Yeah, out and of honestly, it. any of your um, listeners or examples. even you, if you have questions, absolutely ask me. You know, I'm I'm your friend Taylor, so if you have any questions, do let me know. I'm yeah. always down to help you. But it's one of those things, like I said, you know, it's it's just much easier if you understand what your question is, if that makes sense. Oh, I'm totally. Very, I'm very open no, to I mean, help that's... if if you're specific enough. Yeah. 
Now, I think that's good advice for anybody. I think if someone were to ask me something about art, they were like, how do you, how do you draw? It's like, I, I don't know. Like, how do I tell you that? Like, you need to figure that out first. And then if you have questions on like, oh, how do I, you know, I don't know, use the Apple Pencil better or something, then I'm going to be able to give you, you know, more, more specific instruction. It's the same thing for social media. It makes complete sense to me.